Farm Foundation is an outreach of the Permanent Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. New Bildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Bildad Road each Sunday morning at 10.30, Sunday night at 6, and Wednesday night at 6.30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rock community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Joseph Arnold, pastor at the New Bildad Church. In the book of Philippians chapter 3 is where we will take our text. 
I'm going to start with verse 8. But then I'm going to try to put it into its context and maybe gain a great understanding of what the Apostle is teaching here in this text. Verse 8 says, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. So his objective is to win Christ. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And in its proper context, and in its proper truth, it is. You see, to understand this, we got to, first of all, understand that salvation eternally is by the grace of the Lord God Himself. So this is not talking about getting yourself to heaven. Because that would make you contradict something else. But obviously, if there is a such a thing as winning Christ. And how do we win Christ? And what would be how would we lose Christ? How would we lose what is contained here in this text? The answer comes by way of verse 1 all the way through. So Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, it, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. So obviously, the Apostle Paul is writing to this church something that he has wrote to them about before, or preached to them before. See, this church, the first com converts of this church were Lydia and the Philippian jailer. So you have these people that are, that make, they have comprised this church, and there's more of them that came to follow after those two. As a matter of fact, the entire house of the Philippian jailer was baptized that night of that service. But it says for me to write unto you is, it's not grievous, but for you it is safe. So, let me ask you a question. I want to use one that, this is out of Harold Hunt's comparison. I know, excuse me, Phil Conley's. How many of you have ever eaten potatoes? Have you ever eaten potatoes more than once? Now, potatoes have a great nutritional value, don't they? They're important. Now, you can get too many of them like I have. But, the truth of the matter is, we eat... The things that we eat regularly, don't we? We don't eat just once. We need to hear these things preached. We need to read them for ourselves. We need to study them for ourselves and hear it preached. Be as the Bereans were to seek, seek these things out to see whether these things were so. It's not a grievous thing to go over it again and again. See, I'll say, I'll say this, that I do enjoy hearing salvation by sovereign grace. Anybody else like to hear salvation by sovereign grace? Does it ever get old? But is there a case where we sometimes have to read the 51st Psalm when we've gone the wrong way? Is there ever time that we need to hear the preaching of the things of, say, the Christian home? Things of 
moral stains and things that we need to know to defend against false doctrines in every part of our lives? Is it good for us to hear it again and again? And I'll even say it this way also. How many of you can remember every sermon you ever heard? Some cases, in my case even, it doesn't make it through the half part of the week. Have you ever had any of that trouble? Has the devil ever taken that seed sown out of poor ground? And uh, also, in reading on in this chapter, you'll find that the riches of this world can choke out the word, can't it? But for now, we're still at verse 1. This says, It's needful that he would write to them again, for it was not grievous, but for you it is safe. Verse 2. Beware of dogs. What is a dog? Now, unfortunately, the Jews in that time would refer to Gentiles as dogs. But that's not necessarily what is under consideration here. Here's what the problem is. The Galatian church was plagued with this very early on. Of people that were Jewish people that were wanting to go back under the law, thinking that was necessary to get themselves to heaven. Now we just may mention that salvation is of the Lord entirely. So the law is not going to save them. What man can do will not get you to heaven. But these people were teaching that go back under the law is the way to go. Now the church at Galatia have fallen for it. And now Apostle Paul is trying to warn the Philippian church if that comes up to beware. See, you think about this. How many of you have ever seen anybody have a sign in front of their home that says beware of dog? Why would that be a case? You got a dog that'll bite you. I'm glad somebody got that. That there's a dog that could potentially do you some harm. So you need to be beware that that exists. Well, Paul wants them to beware that this exists. And what will dogs do? What did Proverbs say and then Peter say it again? They will what? Return to their own vomit. They'll return to that old way of living. So dogs may mean the ones that will go back under the law service but that also may be someone that has sinned and they turned and then they went back to the sin. Is that ever been a case? Have, have I ever done that? Has sinners ever done that? <laughs> have you ever done that? Is it possible to do that? Well, sure it is. Paul said, beware of those things. Beware of evil workers. Evil workers. Now, that's the interesting title of someone. What did it tell us in the book of Psalms chapter 1, verse 1? Blessed is man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth with sinners. Don't go around the people that are going to cause you trouble. But if you're going to be... You know, some of the cases where you have to when you're among people at workplace or whatever you want to say, or school, whatever, but if somebody's going to do you harm, don't be around them. Don't make time to be around them, if, if you will put it that way. There's a hymn that says, Make friend of God's children. That's a good idea. 
Beware of the concision. What is the concision? Now, interestingly enough, we're talking about possibly that one of the things he was warning against is those that are ones that think you have to go back under the law. A concision is similar to the word circumcision. But all concision is is a mark. A cutting. That's not religion. The external is not the religion. And it's not the most important part. There were people that were going around that time that were very proud of their religion. That I am of the circumcision. Well, it's not about that. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about what is what you do. It's about what he did and the way we all act in response to it. You see, if there is someone that the guy that is writing this epistle could brag on being of the circumcision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh he hath whereof that he might trust in the flesh, I more. See, the Apostle Paul said that if anybody could brag on themselves, it's me. Because the Apostle Paul, was he not the Jew of Jews? And a similar word he says here. Listen to this. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. Now think about this. The ones that came to Jesus said that we are of our father Abraham. But an Ishmaelite could say that. And you could, there's people that could say, they could say that you're the tribe of Isaac. But descendants of Esau are also Descendants of Isaac, are they not? But this is an Israelite by birth. That's what Paul was. Of the tribe of Benjamin. And the tribe of Benjamin, their inheritance is where the city of Judah is. At Jerusalem. And he was circumcised right exactly when you were supposed to be circumcised according to that law. So he had that outward marking which... It just happens to ha- have happened. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. He was an expert in the law of God, in the Mosaic law. Knew the letter, knew the language. He was intelligent. Shed to feed a Gamal, knew seven languages, I am told. Now, Brother Ricky had to have an interpreter, didn't he? For the in the Philippines, but Paul can interpret himself. Now he could have had the gift of tongues. It was an apostolic gift to speak in languages that were not common to everyone. But he didn't even need that because he could speak those languages. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness which is in the law, blameless. All those things that were attached to the Apostle Paul, he was, he's quite the guy, wasn't he? What was all that worth? But those things which were gained to me, those I count loss for Christ. Yea, Dallas, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, 
whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that might win Christ. So now we're back to where we started. He counts all that stuff as useless, worthless, completely filthy. Because the works of the flesh is not sufficient to get you to heaven. And the works of the flesh does nothing to get you to heaven. The works of the flesh, if anybody had the bragging rights, it'd be Paul, but he had no bragging rights because he counted it all but done. So obviously the works of the, that he listed here was not worth much, was it? But he wants to win Christ. So how is someone going to win Christ? If that don't get it done, the circumcision, being a Hebrew, the Hebrews, knowing the letter of the law and all this stuff, if that's not going to get the job done, what do we do to win Christ? Not eternally, but here now. Let's read on at verse 9. And be found in him, having not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, and being made conformable unto his death. What does it mean to be conformable to his death? He wants to glorify God in his death. Did Jesus Christ do the same thing? So in every part of Paul's life, he wants to glorify Christ, that he may know him. How do you know someone? The elder uh, Sam Bright makes this comment, very, and it's a very good one. He said that on the 4th of July weekend, he usually goes back and reads the historical writings. He knows about George Washington and the fathers of this country. He's visited Mount Vernon, but he knows about George Washington, but he doesn't know George Washington. He never met him. Now, I've known Elder Ricky for a long time, all my life. I don't know about him, but I know him. I have a relationship with him. I have a relationship with Christy. And I have a relationship with, I know you folks here. How do I do that? You've got to spend time with them. How are you going to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Spend time with Him. Amen. Spend time in His house. Spend time in prayer. Amen. Spend time in His Word. I'll go as far as say this. I'll say, spend time in fasting. Spend time with Him. That you would know Him. And my friends, that is a blessing. And that's how you can... Win Christ. Gain a relationship with Him. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, now Harold Hunt makes a note of this. The resurrection, the Greek word here, is not the same as the one in verse 10. It's actually got a prefix in it that's EX, means out of. So let's put that in there and let's see what we find. If by any means I might attain unto out of the resurrection of the dead. What does he mean? He wants to know more and more about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
He wants to know more about the resurrection that's coming. Now, did Paul have a good understanding of those things? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In a moment, twinkling of an eye, we find about the resurrection of the dead. He writes the entire 15th chapter on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and our pending resurrection. Do we want to learn more out of what the resurrection means to us? Yes. Do we need to? Yes. I made this statement before. The reason there is an old build and a new build at is because of a dispute over the resurrection. But friends, I'm looking forward to the resurrection. Amen. It's not already past. We're looking for it. Amen. And we need to know that. And the Apostle Paul wants to know more and more about it. Should we? Can we win Christ if we continue to do that? See, and here's something else. Let's read verse 12 and 13. Not as though I already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. There is no case where you will ever arrive. He's not apprehended yet. He's not got to the point that I am okay now. I don't have to go any further. And that should be the case for every child of God. They should never be comfortable with where they've gotten. Verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the mark? Jesus is the mark. That's what we're wanting to win. Remember? So if we're wanting to win, we got to press toward that mark. And there's never a case where you'll ever stop this side of glory. Let me give you this example. The Apostle Paul. Now, in this particular epistle, this is a lighter epistle. But there's an epistle that's a little lighter, the Second Timothy chapter 4. And three things that the Apostle Paul wants Timothy to bring. He wants him to bring Mark, the parchments, and the papers. What's he want to do? He wants to study with Mark... Because Mark's profitable to him in the ministry now. May not always been. But he is now. And he wants to serve with Mark. He wants to serve his God and press toward that Mark until the day he is executed. Till the day he is taken to glory. He wants to glorify his master and learn more about Jesus. Amen. We sing the song more about Jesus, but do you want to know more about Jesus? Amen. Do you want to know the fellowship of his sufferings? Do you want to know how he paid for the salvation of sinners like us? Do we need to hear it again and again and again? So that we can beware of dogs. Beware of the things that are a show in favor of the things that lets us know our Lord better than we knew Him in the past. That we may spend time with Him in His fellowship.
And my friends, we can do that in a lot of places. It doesn't have to be just at this place on Sundays and Wednesdays. This can be an everyday experience. And it should be a daily experience. We're a child of God because the God's still on the throne. And he's still searching for those to worship him in this way. Bless therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. He's telling them that all of them that are mindful of it, those that are mature, are growing in grace, keep your mind on pressing toward the mark. Not to get eternal heaven because heaven's been bought. And the one that bought heaven is the mark. Now I'm going to ask you another question. We're pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. One of Paul, now Paul was a guy that liked races. He refers to them very often. How do you get to a finish line? You got to know where it's at, right? Where is it? Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you're going towards. You need to go in the right direction, don't we? Now we've said all this. Can we do it? Can it be done? Can we be people that know Christ? Can we be people that learn more about Jesus on an everyday basis? Can we be people that study His Word? Can we be a people that pray? Should we be a people that pray? Should we be a people that prays for this nation? Pray for this church in this nation? Should, that, should we be about that business? Now the question is, can we do it? Well, the answer in ver- uh, the fourth chapter and thirteenth verse, this is one of my wife's favorites. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Sometimes we need strength for the race, don't we? Sometimes we need strength to press toward that mark. Where's the strength going to come from? Well, it's got to come from the Lord. You see, the book of Psalms 127 says, If the Lord, uh, the Lord build not the house, they labor in vain that build it. It didn't tell you not to build it. It said if the Lord's not in it, it won't do you any good. But if the Lord's in the arrangements, should we go about building the house of God? And when I say the house of God, I'm not talking about a physical building. I'm talking about our own personal discipleship. See, my friends, there is a difference in a son of God and a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's what the call is for here in the third chapter of Philippians is to be a disciple because you are a son. He tells them that in confidence of this very thing, the Lord which hath begun a good work shall come... Perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He'll finish the work. He'll take you to be with Him in glory. But should we be about the business of worshiping Him because of, not in order to? I've heard my dad say that a lot in this scripture, and it usually refers to Acts chapter 2. We do things because of, not in order to. That ought to be our motive. Our motive ought to be the cross. Our motive ought to be because a verse in one of my favorite hymns, Selda Bryson Lawrence wrote it. The blood of Jesus Christ sufficient for our case doth completely glorify us and save us by His grace. That's because of what He did. 
on that cross. <coughs> and that's why we do what we do. Now, we're not going to populate heaven. But Christ has paid it all. They sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy. And how many were there? They will not be able to be numbered for multitude. My friends, God knows His people. They're going to be where He is. And that's something we should, re we should rejoice in it and live in a way that honors and glorifies that calling. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer. Thank you for listening to The Firm Foundation. If you'd like more information about the Primitive Baptist Churches of this area, you can email me, newbuildedpbc at gmail.com. Join us next week to hear another Bible-based message on The Firm Foundation.